Merry Christmas and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week, our big idea is what's gained? Memories. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 4. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Our word for today is memories. And we're going to spend some time in Joshua chapter 4 looking at a remarkable story. And so if you have a Bible or a device, you can go ahead and turn there. You can also take your device and scan the QR code in the program, and that will bring up all of the notes and the scripture that we're going to use for today. So while you're finding that, I want to welcome you to What's Gained, week number two. This is the name of our Christmas series, and what we're doing is very simple. We're just asking the question, with another Christmas and another set of parties and things that we need to buy and stuff that we need to do, what's gained? I mean, what's really gained with another Christmas? Last week, one of the things we said that is gained from another Christmas is generosity. And the symbol that is attached to that is the star of Bethlehem. We talked about how God uniquely used that star to guide the magi, the wise men, to the ultimate gift of God's generosity, and that was his newborn son. And when the wise men found the Christ child, that generosity inspired them to be generous as well, and they shared gifts. And so the challenge for all of us is to be thinking and praying about different ways and the different opportunities that we will have throughout the Advent season to be generous and to give to those who may not be able to do anything in return, to be generous without even expecting anything in return. And so what's gained from another Christmas? Generosity is gained. We're going to ask and answer that question again today. So here's our big idea. What's gained? Now, memories are gained. Memories. And the symbol attached to that is a clock, which is a picture of time. And when we go back in time, we have an amazing opportunity to review what God has done in and through me and to begin to build memories and memorials around what God has accomplished in my life. Memories. My guess is you probably have some Christmas memories. And if we were to go around the room and ask different people to share your Christmas memories, many of those memories would be positive and good. But I think it's fair to say that not everybody has good memories centered around and thinking about Christmas. And so I want to acknowledge that tension and say for some people, family wasn't always a safe place. And Christmas could be a time where more dysfunction is displayed. And so there's not a lot of good memories there. Or perhaps you used to have good memories about Christmas, but there has been a death or a separation or something tragic has happened. And now you're not so sure Well, here's what I want everybody to understand, all right? So listen, listen to this. No matter what's happened to you, 
All right? No matter what's happened to you, there is something that can be gained from this Christmas that will sustain and encourage you. And that's a possibility. No matter what's happened to you, there's something that can be gained from this Christmas that can sustain and encourage. Now, here's how that happens. It happens with less of a focus on me and more of a focus on the greatness of God. Less of me and more of God. (laughs) Which, honestly, is a really hard thing to do, isn't it? Because we like thinking about us, I know I do, and you probably feel the same way. But at some point, there has to be a transition. There is a change, and there is less of me and more of God and his greatness and his provision of his showing up in our lives and his smile on our behalf. And those are memories that last. That is something that cannot be taken away from us. What God has done, what God has accomplished, what God has provided, and the smile of God, this cannot be taken away from us. And these are memories that last for a lifetime. Gifts are great, but gifts don't last. And here's how we know that. Do you even remember what you got last Christmas? Right? Can you remember? Again, gifts are great, but they don't last. Here's what else doesn't last. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir. I don't even know what that is, but I know it doesn't last. It might be great for a season, but it doesn't really last. What lasts are the memories and the stories of what God has done in and through us that we can take with us through time. And so... We're going to think about that today, and here's how we're going to walk through that. I've got a story to share with you from Joshua chapter 4. It's not a very Christmassy story, but yet it's a story about a group of people, and God was doing something miraculous in their lives, and they chose to make a memory out of that that would sustain and encourage them, and they were able to talk about it for generation after generation to the point where we're going to talk about it today. That's the story in Joshua chapter 4. And then my wife Tanya is going to join me and we're going to talk for a bit about memories. And then I've got a couple of takeaways to share with you. Sound okay? All right, let's jump into this story. In the book of Joshua, the first three chapters, which we are not going to read and we're not going to get into great detail over, but it is important for us to think about what's happening in those chapters before we read in chapter 4. There's been a great transition in this particular group, and they had a leader by the name of Moses, and Moses was kind of a big deal. He was the guy, and he was amazing, and the people loved Moses, and they followed his leadership, but he has passed. He's gone, and so there's a new leader coming onto the scene, and we're going to read about him in just a bit. But what we find in the first three chapters is very fascinating because it's almost like God is talking to his people and saying to them, I'm going to resource you with a few things. I'm going to give some stuff to you. So in those first three chapters, as you read through that, you discover that God said, I'm going to resource you with an equipped leader. Moses is gone. And yeah, he was great and he was amazing and he accomplished some incredible things. But he's no longer on the scene. Joshua is here. 
and he's going to pick up that baton of leadership, and we're going to discover he does a great job with it. So God's reminding his people, I'm giving you an equipped leader. His name is Joshua. You're going to be just fine. I'm also going to resource you, though, with a purpose. And your purpose is you're going to go and you're going to get that land. It is yours. I want you to take it. I want you to occupy and I want you to enjoy. That's your home. So go and get the land. That's your purpose. That's what you're supposed to accomplish. And I'm resourcing you with that mission. So God resourced them with a very capable leader and with a purpose. And then uniquely, God resources them with something else that doesn't really sound like a great resource, but it's memories. And God accomplishes something in and through them that they again pass on to generation after generation after generation, and it became a great resource for them. And it's sustained and encouraged. So we've got a new leader. We've got wide open space in front of us. And we've got some memories that are being built. So let's read from Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. Here's what it says. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, which was a river, the Lord said to Joshua, the new leader, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. And he told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Now let's pause there for a moment. What's the Ark of the Lord? Sometimes it's called the Ark of the Covenant or the Ark of God or the Ark of God's Might. And what is this thing that we're talking about? What's the Ark? Well, the Ark was basically a box. And it was a beautiful box that was overlaid with gold. And that was a symbol of the presence of God. The box was a big deal. Think Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Now, what's inside the box? Well, it's not a ghost that comes out and melts everybody's face off. (laughs) What's inside of this ark of God's might are some other memories that would remind people of what God had done for them. Inside the ark, inside the box, were the Ten Commandments. And they could review that whenever they needed to. Inside the box was a container of manna, and that was food that God gave to his people to provide for their physical nourishment. And they could look in the box, and and there it was. There's food, and we remember what God did for us. Also inside the box was Aaron's rod or staff. Aaron was Moses' brother. He was the high priest. And so that staff, that rod, was a symbol of spiritual leadership. And these were all things that God had done for his people. The Ten Commandments, the container of manna, and Aaron's staff. And it's all in the box. And the box is a big deal. It's a symbol of the presence of God. And whenever the box would go by, people would step back and say, there it is. That's the box. 
That's the ark. It's a big deal here. And right now, the box, this beautiful piece of furniture, is in the middle of the river with the priest standing there. And here's what we discover in verse 5. Joshua says, each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all. One for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. And we will use these stones to build a what church? A memorial. There's our word. Memorials were kind of a big deal in Bible times. And they were often made of rocks and stones. And they would pile that up at a particular place where something important had happened. And it would be a symbol. It would be a memorial to what God had accomplished. And Joshua is beginning to say here, something great is going to happen. And so we're going to build a memory. And so let's keep reading. He says, in the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them. Well, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the box, the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, went across. And these stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. And in verses 8 through 18, that's exactly what happens. And it says in verse 19, the people crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. Then they camped at Gilgal, just east of Jericho. It was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. And then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future, your children will ask, What do these stones mean? And then you can tell them. Well, here's the deal. This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this. So all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so that you might fear. And the idea of that word fear there in the original language means so that you will have profound respect. It's about honor here. It's not about being freaked out and scared. No, we're going to do this and we're going to have this memorial here and you're going to be able to look at it and you're going to be able to point to it and talk to your kids and say, we did all of this because we want to have profound respect and honor for what God has done in and through us. This is now our story. This is our memory. And so just one thinking point from Joshua chapter 4. And that is all of this is happening so that they would be reminded of who? God. And how big he was. And how strong he was. And how powerful he was. And how able he was. And it was a pile of rocks that would give them a perpetual reminder of what God had done in and through them. Less of them, more of God. Two questions for all of us. What's your story? What's your God story of what he has accomplished in and through you? And by the way, nothing is too small. Your story probably isn't as dramatic as this, 
But if we've trusted in Christ alone to save us, then we have some God stories and some God memories along the way. Are you thinking about that? What's your story? By the way, if you're thinking, I am waiting for a story, God seems to be quiet and silent and not doing anything for me, then let me just say, if you've trusted in Jesus alone, then he has done something for you that you never could have done on your own. He paid the price for your sins. That's a story. So what's your story? And then secondly, what's your plan to share that story with others? What are you doing with that memory and that story to build something that you can point to of what God has accomplished for your family, for your kids, for your grandkids, for friends, for whoever will listen? What's your story? And what's the pile of rocks that you're building so you can share that story with other people? I think it's interesting because Christmas gives us a great time just to focus on some things that God has done. We're coming into an amazing holiday that focuses on the birth, the advent, the arrival of Jesus. It's almost the end of another year, and so often we get to go back in time and remember a lot of different things. The challenge today is, what memories are you building that are less about you and more about what God has done in and for you that speak of his amazing strength? The incarnation. Let's not cheapen it with junk. The incarnation. Let's not cheapen it by making it about us. Let's lift up the miracle of Jesus coming to earth and think about what God can and what God has done in and through us. To help us assimilate some of this and just think about stories and what we're doing to share that with other people. I'd like to invite my wife, Tanya, to join me on the stage and talk with all of us. So will you help me welcome my wife, Tanya? So we've been talking a lot about this subject recently because one of the things that we want for our family, we're not perfect at this, but one of the things that we want for our six kids, is we want them to have a deep sense that life is more than just getting up and going to work and going to school and accomplishing and doing. God's with us, and God's been journeying with us. So what's your story, what God has done? Uh, I'm amazed at how God has repeatedly been with us and helped us through the different transitions Uh, that we've been through in life. Um, In December, I'm always reminded of our move here to Pennsylvania. From Illinois to Pennsylvania, we packed up uh, Christmas uh, five years ago now. And uh, it was an exciting time, but also a time filled with tears. And uh, God helped us walk through that big transition. Even recently, we've had a son go off to college as well. Yeah, and that, that, was, that was hard for me. <laughs> I didn't do real well with that transition. But yeah, God has been with us and has helped us. So what's your plan to share the story of God's provision and him just being there for us? 
Uh, one of the simple ways that we do this is when we set up the Christmas tree at home. Uh, we have so many ornaments um, from past friends and family, um, from other churches that we are at. And uh, this little ornament here is my favorite. Uh, it was given to us back in 1993, our first Christmas we were married. And uh, inside the ornament is this list, and it has all the kids uh, from our first youth group. They signed this list, and then they gave that to us. And uh, when we were setting up the Christmas tree this year, I took this ornament and talked to Kaylee about one of the little girls um, on this list who signed it. Her name is Amber Versal. And uh, she was 12 when she signed that, and Kaylee is 12 this year. And uh, Amber and I spent a lot of time together. She was at our house. We went to camp together. We taught kids together. And uh, it was fun to talk to Kaylee about that. And when we made this transition here, uh, Amber found out that we were moving. And uh, she contacted me a few different times because she had made a big transition from Indiana to Arizona, and she's the oldest of five kids, and she shared things that she learned in that transition with me. And uh, she talked to me and prayed with uh, for us in this move. And uh, it was encouraging that uh, the little 12-year-old girl didn't share her mall candy anymore with me, but she shared her wisdom with me. She's grown up and a teacher and a mom, and uh, she's learned a lot. And I think it's just a beautiful picture of memories and uh, the connectedness that we have um, as the body of Christ. I think it's important for all of us to know that when we think about Christmas and all these celebrations, that family and friends, this can all be very messy. And we have six kids, there's a lot of noise, and we had a very interesting Christmas last year that wasn't really that great. Turned out okay, but you remember that? <laughs> yeah. So uh, not everybody always gets along <laughs> in our house. And uh, we had a couple of kids wake up a little crabby last Christmas. And uh, one in particular, uh, we said, ruined Christmas. Uh, fortunately, they redeemed themselves. And uh, they're also known for saving Christmas. We'll keep their name hidden. But uh, all through this year, we've joked about how they ruined Christmas and saved it all in one morning. And uh, even though it wasn't perfect, wasn't pretty, it's our memory. And it's actually quite funny to all of us now. Yeah, and even in the middle of chaos and messiness, there's memories and things you can take away of what God does, even in imperfections. Mm-hmm. So we got to keep on remembering, too, because I think sometimes we shelve what God has done, and, well, that was in the past, and we don't have to remember it anymore. But there's a great joy in continuing to remember. And Tanya teaches for real women here at Valley Point once a month, and I got to hear you teach a couple of weeks ago. And you looked at a story about Mary the mother of Jesus, and the construction of one particular verse in Scripture that talks about her is fascinating. And you did a good job sharing that. Will you share that with all of us now? It's uh, Luke 2.19, and it says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And uh, the idea of this word treasured means that she kept on treasuring. She kept on thinking about the things that God had done. And uh, as she did that, the language there means that 
these thoughts, these memories for her, uh, they became like meat and drink to her. So it was her strength. And uh, when you think about what Mary may have been thinking about, it was angels, shepherds, holding the Savior of the world in her arms. And uh, it's just a beautiful picture of what we should be thinking about. Mary thought about what God had done for her, even though she was a very young girl, probably about 14 years old, and had her world turned upside down. She chose to dwell on the good things that God was doing in her, even though she, it would be beyond what she could totally understand. And uh, I think it's just a great reminder for us. You know, what do we dwell on? What do we think on? Um, is it the good stuff that God has done for us? Or is it our distraction and our worry and uh, the stuff that clutters our mind? So uh, Mary kept thinking about the good things, the good memories that God had for her. And again, our story isn't going to be that dramatic, probably. But yet there's memories to be gained and God does things for us. And that's the stuff we've got to hang on to. It, it can sustain and encourage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Will you help me thank Tanya? <laughs> so two takeaways for us. Number one, do you know your God story? Do you know your story? And do you have that? And can you recall that? Do you know your story? And then secondly, what's your plan to share that story so it becomes part of your folklore, part of your tradition, part of your pile of rocks that you point back to to say, well, here's what God did. Here's how we survived. Here's how God provided. Here's how God showed up for us. And again, nothing is too small. So these memories, as we look back in time, let's take advantage of them Let's think about them and build memorials that will sustain and encourage us. And this, this is what we gain from another Christmas. Father, we're so thankful for another day to think about what you want to share with us. And God, I'm so grateful for your word and what you teach us. And from Joshua chapter 4, we've got this amazing lesson, these amazing thoughts about how you worked with your people so many years ago and you accomplished something in and through them and they didn't take time just to move on and forget about that. No, they built a memorial so that they could point to it with their kids and grandkids and great-grandkids and say, that's a picture of what God did and here's the story. God, we all have these opportunities. And so this Advent... God, this Christmas season, help us to capture all of this. Help us to get that story ready and help us to be ready to share that with others. Knowing, God, that we will gain some amazing memories and memorials of what you have done. And it will be less about us and more about your goodness and provision and smile. God, thank you for meeting with us and helping us understand what you want and what you can do for us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.